Welcome to the Get Families Talking podcast with Hafsher, your host. Join us as we introduce various guests with exciting discussions to stimulate different generations of families into conversation. When we start, families listen. When the listening stops, that's when families get talking. Hello and Salaam Alaikum listeners, how are you? It's Hafsha here on Get Families Talking. I hope you're well, I hope you're enjoying the week and I'm sure that you will have picked up by now that we are doing a campaign this week and it's a national campaign so it's being done all across the country and the whole campaign is about Talk Money, Talk Pensions Week and that's what we've been doing all week long with a different show every day this week to try and help people to raise their awareness of talking money. And some of it's been good, but some of it, and certainly in today's show, is really about trying to raise awareness of illegal money lending gangs that operate out there as well. Now, some of my regular listeners will know that in the past we have done quite a bit of work already on raising awareness of this um, locally as well. And today, really, I've been very, very fortunate because, as you can appreciate, illegal money lending team are going to be incredibly busy with trying to raise awareness with lots and lots of national organisations as well. So we've been very fortunate in that we've been able to get somebody here from the illegal money lending team, and they are from their Birmingham offices, and I've got Kath in the studio today to talk to us all about illegal money lending and loan sharks and how we can keep ourselves safe from loan sharks, how we can raise awareness of loan sharks within our family and our friends as well. And some of you will be wondering out there, what on earth is a loan shark? So I'm hoping that by the end of our session today, you'll be fully aware, full experts on what loan sharks are and how to avoid the danger and the chaos and the misery that these awful, awful people create. Kath, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And how are you today? I'm good, thank you. I woke up without a voice this morning, but luckily it's come back or we (laughs) might have been in trouble. Have you been hollering? (laughs) Maybe. I have a five-year-old who's just started school, so every single bug imaginable is coming home at the moment. Oh, dear me. I'm sure I sympathise and I'm sure lots of our (laughs) listeners sympathise as well. Yes. So, listeners, if you've got any questions today and you're thinking, actually, I want to make a comment about that, I've got a query about that, then please do dial in. It's not a live show today. I've been able to snuck into the studio and we've had to pre-record this. But please, that does not mean that you can't dial in with a question or a query or a complaint or, in fact, a nice comment as well. So if you have got any queries, then please do dial in. And the number, as usual, is 0121-772-8892. Leave me a message with the studio staff here and I will make sure that we get a response back to you the next time I'm in the studio. Right, listeners. So, as is tradition. Kath, it's a tradition on this show. It does not matter who comes onto our show, I'm afraid. And the tradition is we have to start off with a short story. Sounds good. (laughs) So, listeners, our short story today is going to be, obviously, it has to be 
Amsty meets Mr. Lone Shark. So settle back down, let's enjoy this story. Amsty meets Mr. Lone Shark. It was a quiet Wednesday afternoon. Amsty was using the time to catch up on some precious sleep. The younger computers, like the swish Mr. Mac and the sleek Miss Leno, didn't realise that Amsty needed his afternoon naps to help him keep on top of his game and back up all the information in his hard drive. They were younger, and of course their memories and storage had no problems. Lots of gigabytes there, or something like that. Amsty's bones ached, and quite often his keys would stick and make quite a clack when they were pressed. Nevertheless, he was going strong, and he certainly had no intention of being retired away any time soon. Amsty was away with the fairies, in a land dreaming of new technologies, when suddenly he was startled awake by a young student whacking books on his keyboard. The young student, Hassan, was in a mood, a bad mood, and he was going to make sure everyone knew about it, including poor old Amsty. Hassan wanted to buy a game for his PS4. All his friends had one, and he wanted one now. He had a Saturday job in the local shop, but Hassan spent the money he earned as soon as it was in his bank account. He had never been much of a saver, and anyway, there was no point in hanging on to savings, he thought. That is, until the game was released, and he realised it would take him weeks to save up for it. The other thing that annoyed Hassan was his maths homework. It had to be in tomorrow, and he needed to finish it off today. He unpacked his bag and he dropped down into the chair. He found the online page for his homework on the school's portal. He made a start on the work answering question after question. Suddenly there was a pop-up on the screen. It was an advert. Borrow £500 now. We ask no questions. Easy repayment terms. We will arrange to pick up the cash from your home or school. Text your mobile number and address now for immediate cash. Hassan was excited. He could get the game. No questions asked. This was easy money for him. He started to type in his details. Amsty realised this. what this was. It was the loan shark preying on vulnerable people. Oh no, he had to work quickly. He could see the shark's teeth sharp and gleaming white approaching. Mrs. Auntie, where are you? Quick, we need you now. His call for help summoned Mrs. Auntie to the screen. She put up her antivirus wall and stood waiting, arms folded. It's all right, Amsty, I've got this. I know Mr. Lone Shark's game. The Lone Shark realised he was no match for Mrs. Auntie and her super antivirus protection. He drew back his teeth, took down his advert and he scuttled away with his cash to hide in the depths of the dark seas again. Phew! Well done me, said Amsty, as he thanked Mrs. Auntie for coming to the rescue. We've saved another one from the jaws of the Lone Shark, Mrs. Auntie. Good work! 
It was obviously too good an offer to be true, thought Hassan. He continued with his homework and he thought about how he could start saving some money. And the moral of that story, listeners, is loan sharks come in all forms. Be aware. I hope you've enjoyed that story. Did you enjoy that? I did. I haven't heard that before. (laughs) You've not been tuning into the show. (laughs) It's one of our favourites is Amsty. That was the first one in our series. Yeah. So, listeners, lots and lots of lovely conversation there to be had with your family about lots and lots of different technology. We mentioned there about the school portal. But also in this week of Talk Money Week, what a great way of discussing needs and wants with your children as well. Did Hassan really need that PS4? Did he need it now? Or was this simply something that he wanted? And perhaps a conversation around savings. How could have Hassan saved for this game? What were the other options that were available to him? So lots and lots of lovely discussions there that could be had. I hope you've enjoyed the story and we're going to go straight in now and talk to Kath. Kath, is this how they operate? Does that story seem to ring a few bells there? It does ring a few bells, especially the idea of cash without questions and instant Mm. cash. This is the draw to loan sharks for a lot of people. It's a little bit unusual to find them online. We have had it happen and certainly we've had them operating over things like WhatsApp Mm. um, and online messenger systems so they can lend money all across the country at the same time. Uh, But definitely the preying on vulnerable people, the targeting people when they're looking for money and the access to cash now, no questions asked, you can see why they're appealing. Yeah. But of course, um, in that world of the loan shark you're never actually paying back what you've actually borrowed from them are you no you never will that's the big thing if i had a pound for every time someone said to me i'll pay him back and then i'll talk to you about him i'd be very Mm. rich but that doesn't tend to happen because what will happen is you think you've got to the end of your repayments and they'll say no no there was an admin fee or um two weeks before the loan ends they'll suddenly announce they need all the money back now And you won't be able to afford to give them all the money back, so they'll offer to lend it to you again, but then subject to further interest charges. And they will basically find a way of making sure you carry on paying them no matter what. Mm, Goodness. Kath, there might be listeners who have tuned in and are thinking to themselves, this sounds like a really interesting topic, but what on earth is a loan shark? (laughs) How do they operate? And I know in my story... The loan shark is, obviously, he's a shark with shining, gleaming white teeth. And that's not the reality, is it? They certainly haven't got those gleaming white teeth, have they? No, it's a shame they don't look like sharks. It would make our job catching them a lot easier. (laughs) Um, But no, they could be anybody, absolutely anybody. When I first came into this job, I was very much expecting a kind of balding man with a baseball bat was going to be our loan shark. But we've seen people in their 70s who've been loan sharks. We've seen young people in their 20s being loan sharks. Every background, every walk of life that you can imagine. The thing they have in common is they tend to be very, very friendly at the point at which they're offering you money. So I'll help you out. It's no problem. You need money for the school uniform. You need money for the car. That's no bother at all. The banks don't want to lend to the likes of us. It's terrible these days. I'll uh, I'll help you out. And they're very, very friendly, very plausible, very personable 
until much further down the line when maybe you question how much you've paid back. So the actual definition of a loan shark is someone who lends money without authorization. So if you want to set up a business lending money to people, you have to be authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority and they will check that you haven't got convictions for violence, that you're not bankrupt, that you're not a fraudster, that you're suitable basically to lend people money. Loan sharks don't have that authorisation, so they operate below the radar. And what they will tend to do is not quote interest rates, not tell you how much you're going to pay back. It's all very friendly, like I say, until much further down the line. And because they can't take you to court to get their money back because they're operating illegally, they may resort to threats. And that might be a threat of violence. It might be a threat to your reputation. It might be a threat to your pets, to your children, Mm -hmm. to something that you hold dear but they will find what's important to you and threaten it. They try and gain control over people's lives. Goodness. So there's so much there because in my head, you started speaking about what is a loan shark and I was thinking, so really we can cancel out from there friends and family. But then when you explained it further, I thought, my goodness, this could be somebody who is masquerading Mm. almost as your friend. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's what they're doing, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It's all about, I'll help you out. That's the approach. That's the way they get into people. And quite often it's word of mouth. So we'll find uh, mums at the school gates will recommend almost a loan shark because that will mean they can miss a payment this week because they've brought in new custom. Um, We'll have people in the workplace saying, oh, I got a loan off Johnny. He's absolutely fine. You get a loan off him too because they don't realise how much Johnny's ripping them off. Um, so quite often it's they don't advertise. It's all word of mouth. It's all known in the community. It's all the person that you go to if you're struggling. And they will appear pl- plausible and friendly and lovely at the point at which you meet them, at the point at which you need the loan. Yeah. It's much later that they turn. Right. So that was quite interesting because you've mentioned their school gates and I was thinking surely they're not going to be targeting children. Not children so much, but mums definitely, I think. So mums at the school gate because they know that mums will be maybe struggling with the cost of a uniform or perhaps a school trip. Yeah. And this, of course, is, you know, because we're talking talk money this Mm. week, aren't we? So we're talking about needs and wants. Yeah. And it's how you have that conversation. You know, at home. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we've done is put lesson plans into schools. And one of the big things, especially for primary children, is around the difference between needing Mm. something and wanting it. And also the value of things. What do things actually cost? Mm. You know, the difference between um, uh, a pair of trainers at £30 and a pair of trainers at £130. When you're going to wear them the same way, you're going to play the same way, you're going to cover them with mud in the same way. And actually, you know, do you you need the £130 trainers? You probably need shoes, but do you need the the expensive one that's the brand or actually the perfectly serviceable pair that are a lot cheaper are they are they actually okay too? Yeah. And I think it is all about trying to instill in children that um, there is a massive difference between need and want. And then sometimes that can take the pressure off mum and dad of being course. harangued all the time for the latest thing. Yeah. And it's a really difficult one now, isn't it? Because I know one of my learners actually turned around and she said, you know, her son, will look, he's, he's about five or six years old and he'll just say, just flash your card at yeah. this machine, mummy, it's fine. Then I can take this game away. Yeah. And that's what they, they're not appreciating, that that's money yeah. behind that card, Absolutely. Isn't it? We mm-hmm. asked them um, a primary school in London where they thought money came from and they said the supermarket. Because they obviously oh see mummy or daddy getting cash yeah. back at a supermarket and they think that's where you go. You go and you buy your eggs and you buy your yeah. cornflakes and you buy your uh, you get your money at the oh, same time. Goodness. So, goodness. yeah. 
So your organisation, it sounds like you do an awful lot of work to try and help people and certainly raise awareness. But other than raising awareness, what else do you, does your organisation do? So we're very much a team of two halves. The investigators um, will go out and they're looking to identify, arrest and ultimately prosecute loan sharks. So they're all about trying to find out who the bad guys are and get enough evidence to put before the courts that means they get convicted. Um, so that's talking to people who've been victims and getting them to give us statements. That's looking at their bank accounts to see what money's going through bank accounts. And we can get warrants to go into people's houses and actually search for evidence to see if they are loan sharks. Mm-hmm. The other side of the team that I work in is very much, as you say, raising awareness. We want to put the investigators out of business because we want people not to use loan sharks in the first place. So we promote credit unions as the alternative to loan sharks. We talk to people about accessing debt advice if they're struggling rather than continuing to borrow um, if they are in, in financial difficulty. And we're very much about trying to make sure people know that loan sharks are bad and that this person who might seem to be friendly might actually not be doing you a favour after all. Mm. When you mentioned about the loan sharks earlier and we were, you see listeners might be thinking, well, I'm trying to build up a picture of what Mm. they look like out there. Now, you've mentioned, I mean, in my head, I've sort of got this picture of a nice, kindly gentleman, Mm. but they're not like that, are they? And do do they come in all sizes, shapes, forms? I think last year, one in five of people we arrested was female, which tends to surprise people. One in five was a female? Yeah. Goodness. So they are predominantly male, but not exclusively. Mm. And I think we've had couples in their 70s recently we've arrested. I can think in the northeast, a couple who were in their late 70s, um, who were, we believe were acting as loan sharks. We've had young people. We've had all sorts of people. You, you couldn't give someone um, a picture and say, this is what a loan shark looks like. This is who to look out for, yeah. because they really do come in all shapes and sizes. We prosecuted um a gentleman in London who was actually working as a consultant in a hospital and he was a loan shark. He was lending money to the nurses who worked on the same ward as him. Illegally. A consultant. A consultant in a hospital. So it, it can be the great and the good as well as, as well as you know, Jimmy at the school gates or whoever else. Um, it can absolutely be anybody. So with that consultant, just to recap for our listeners, Kath, what made what he was doing illegal and not simply a loan to friends. Or so colleagues. he was lending money without authorization from the Financial Conduct Authority. And he knew he should have had it as well because he said he could have got it, he just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> so he knew he should have had it. So that wasn't an excuse. And because he was doing that as a business, so he was charging interest, he was looking at um, lending to more than one person, he was making money from it, mm. um, that made it illegal. There isn't actually a definition of what lending as a business is. It's all on case law. But basically, if you're lending to lots of people and you're making money from it, that's a business to me. Right. So basically, he was charging interest. So they he might have been saying to them, I'll give you £100 and at the end of the month, you simply pay me back £150 yeah, or absolutely. something. Yeah. We looked at taking the proceeds of crime off him as well mm. and we got over half a million pounds. So he'd made over wow. half a million pounds from these nurses. So wow. it wasn't small sums of money. It was big, big money. And obviously, you know, making him a nice little second income as well as That's being a shocking. consultant. How shocking is that? Yeah. So is it a massive problem? It is. And the honest answer is we don't know how big it is Mm. because it's such an underreported crime and it's such an under the radar crime. In some ways, I think it's very like drug dealing in that we don't know how many loan sharks there are out there. In some ways, it's very like domestic violence because there is a shame Mm. factor against people reporting it. And 
it's often happening behind closed doors without witnesses. So it's it's not like um, I don't know a burglary in the street where you might have yeah. six or seven witnesses to to this criminality. It's often happening over the internet behind closed doors in people's houses. Um, so it's not reported in the same way. There was a government study a few years ago that said 310,000 UK households use loan sharks. Whether 310,000. Um, whether that's still accurate or not, I'm not sure. I think we've helped 30,000 people. We can evidence that we've helped 30,000 mm-hmm. victims. But that's the tip of the iceberg and we know it is. What's the impact on families of this then? It's massive because... It's financial first and foremost, because you can imagine if you've got a loan shark who is threatening something that you hold dear, be it your children, Mm -hmm. your health, your well-being, your reputation, whatever it is, you will pay them before you pay other bills. So quite often the people we work with have got significant rent arrears or mortgage arrears. They're in debt with the council tax. They're not feeding themselves properly because they haven't got the money to do so. It can lead to people losing jobs because they can't repair vehicles to get to work. It can lead to all sorts of financial stress as well as the loan shark stress um, from legitimate debtors who are coming back time and time again for for money. Um, As well as that, it has a massive impact in terms of mental health, in terms of people's self-esteem. It can isolate people. It can cause rows within the family. One family we were working with, the children, said they hated Thursdays because on Thursdays the money man came round and they had to hide behind the sofa while he hammered on the Gosh. door. And you can imagine what that does. Yeah. And I think it, it just has a massive impact in every which way. Quite often we find the people who've borrowed haven't told anyone what they've done because of shame, because of fear, because of whatever reason. And that means them more and more isolated. The only person who knows what's going on is them and the loan shark. Yeah. And it just shuts them off. They start lying to families in a way they never would have done. It, it can break families up. It's a horrible, horrible crime that has a much bigger impact than just financial. And of course, it's not just the impact here. It's the impacts abroad as well, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Because I know in the past I've been told that, you know, loan sharks will threaten to tell family um abroad that what you've been up to and things absolutely we've had debts that's been secured on um, property deeds abroad as well Um, and absolutely the threat to reputation of we will tell people that you're disgracing them while you're working in the UK is a big one and we've actually had people who've been threatened um, with violence in in other countries as a resort of of someone you know owing a loan shark money in the UK Um, and that's a very hard one to police from our point of view, but it's a very powerful thing to say to somebody that, you know, you're over here mm-hmm. working for your family's benefit and actually you could be doing them harm in, in what Gosh. you're doing with the with no intent whatsoever to do so. And, you know, I mean, it's shocking because it's intergenerational, isn't it? Because it's not just impacting on the person who may have used the money from the loan shark, but it's impacting on the children and how scary that, you know, the thought that they're actually growing up with all of this around them. Absolutely. And we've had had a number of cases that have come to light because grandparents have actually reported it because the children have not gone to mum and dad. They've gone to the grandparents to say, I've got myself in a bit of bother. Can you help me out? And we've had grandparents who've paid over their entire life savings to try and get rid of the loan shark on behalf of the grandchild, not knowing that actually the debt's illegal so it doesn't need to be paid off right we're going to drill a little bit more into that as well because obviously if it's illegal and you've just said that it doesn't need to be paid off but there's that huge threat of violence as well so Kath I'm going to ask you to repeat this several times during this show because it is so so important but 
what would you do if you had noticed that, you know, if one of our listeners out there has noticed that, yes, a friend or a family member is affected by this and they're in the throes of this, you know, they've been caught up by this loan shark. What can they do? The best thing to do, I mean, if there's an immediate danger, if there's an immediate risk to safety, you need to phone the police, 999. That's the the bottom line. If there isn't that immediate risk to safety, um, I'd ask them to give us a ring. So we've got a hotline that's 24 hours, seven days a week. It's manned by an investigator. It's not... um, it's not a call centre, it's not an answering mm-hmm. machine, it's a real person. Mm-hmm. And you can call it anonymously, you can call it in confidence, you don't have to tell us who you are at all. But it just enables us to give you some advice based on your circumstances right. as to what the best thing to do is is next. If people want to report a loan shark, if they want to give us their information, that helps us to build a case. Um, but you'll be asked for your name once and if you say you're not giving it, you won't be put under any pressure to do so. It's entirely your decision. And I just think by ringing that number and speaking to a trained professional, people can then make a decision based on the reality, not one based in fear. And I think that's a big thing for us is to engage with us and have the conversation or get someone else to do it for you. Mm-hmm. So as well as investigators, we've got a team of liaise staff who are all support staff. So their background isn't in investigations. They're not ex-police. They are counsellors. They are social mm-hmm. workers. They are people who've worked supporting people. And we will come out and have a chat off the record and have conversations with you about what your options are and, and what you can do next. Right. And it's all done in a really supportive way. The person who is calling us, they're, they're our priority. If we can build a prosecution, happy days, but it doesn't matter. The, the person who is the victim is the centre of this. Right. And we just want to do whatever we can to support them. Right. So that number that people need to dial, please. Is 0300 555 2222. It's a nice, easy number to it remember, is. isn't it? So that's 0300 2222. Please don't panic if you're suddenly thinking I've been caught without a pen and a bit of paper to hand. I will make sure that we do repeat that number for you during the show. And if we if you still miss it, then please don't worry. Do dial into the studio and I will make sure that we leave that number behind with studio staff here as well. Kath, quick question here, because you've been talking to us about loan sharks and it just seems to me, I mean, your numbers seem to have risen, mm. you know, and it, in the, it's sort of at the back of my mind, I'm sort of thinking, why is there a need for this team? And clearly the work that you're doing to support so many hundreds of thousands mm. of people out there, there's a need for that work. But in the first place, Can you explain why are people turning to loan sharks? I think there's two main reasons people turn to loan sharks. The first is desperation. So I think if people think they have nowhere else to go and they need that money, um, so if you're working and the only way you can get to work is a a car and your car breaks down and Mm -hmm. you have no savings and you have no access to credit from a bank or a credit card or family and friends... Where do you go for that money? And you need yeah. that money because you need that car to carry on working. There is definitely an element of desperation. Although, interestingly, when we ask the people we work with um, if they try to get credit elsewhere, a lot of people haven't. They've just assumed it's not for the likes of me. Yeah. Um, and they haven't actually even tried the banks. 
But another reason, I think, is that people have no idea they're borrowing from a loan shark. They genuinely believe it's a friend. So at the time that they take the loan out, it's a better option than the bank because there's no mention of interest. There's no mention of repayment terms or what happens if you miss a payment. It's, oh, I know it's terrible when the car goes, isn't it? And you need it. I'll give you the £250. Pay me back when you can. There's no no pressure. So people believe they're borrowing from a friend. And because of that, they see it as a, a much better alternative. There's no credit check. There's no paperwork. It's instant cash it's it's appealing you can see why they make it very very easy for people to borrow the money and very very hard to ever pay it back so presumably no contract in place either most of the time no sometimes they do to give themselves an air of legitimacy but most of the time no paperwork whatsoever gosh and it sounds like the terms just keep changing so Absolutely. as soon as you get close to paying it off and you're thinking actually i know i'm close because i've paid off x amount the terms suddenly change. Yes. Or they'll say, I need all the money back. So you need to give me four weeks payments this week and people can't afford that. So then they have to take out another loan to cover that payment. Or they'll just keep rolling over loans. Or if you miss a week, they'll double what you owe. Or they'll make it impossible to repay. So we had one where he made them take payment to his boxing gym and his boxing gym was shut for two weeks. So he charged people double each time because and they couldn't have paid it back um they just they just don't pay it off and quite often as well some of the people that borrow from loan sharks very much live hand to mouth so it's mm. not about the bigger picture they couldn't tell you what they've paid back they just know they paid 10 pounds every friday and yeah. sometimes when we sit down with them they are adamant but i still owe him money and we say look we've worked it out you've paid back six times what you originally borrowed but they'll still believe that they owe him money And I suppose part of the difficulty is because there are lots and lots of families out there who can't do the maths, who can't, you know, who, you know, the way that they live their lives as well. They don't understand how much and how money works. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? Absolutely. I work for um, an organisation and I have done for 10 years that specialises in consumer credit and I don't know how APR works. It's such a minefield for people to get their heads Mm. around. And I think... When comparing legitimate loans, the thing to compare is the total cost of credit. But the loan shop will never give you that figure because they won't know it. They make it up as they go along and they'll charge different rates for different people. So we had a case recently where the son, um, who was quite with it and he was very, um, he had his head screwed on. He was charged something like £50 per 200 that he borrowed. And when he paid it off, he paid it off the end. His mum, who had mental health needs, who he was her carer, who was housebound, who didn't have access to the same information that her son did, they charged £800 for every £200 borrowed. And the difference being purely that they they could get away with it. Um, And because the son knew that he paid off his loan and it was fairly reasonable rate he believed and so on he didn't have a problem with the loan shark it was only when he realised what was happening to his mum that he, he actually rang us and reported it on her behalf um, so it is it's, it's all about intimidation it's all about mm. control and it's all about manipulation yeah and you mentioned earlier there as well Kath about um, it being followed with drug use as well and there could be other issues and problems in that family as well or in that group absolutely um, so do you find that there is always that link? It's always to do with a vulnerability. It's a vulnerability of some sort, but not necessarily a, a drug one. So we've had people who've been um, alcoholics. We've had gambling addicts who mm. borrow from loan sharks. But quite often, the, the biggest reason people borrow from loan sharks is everyday bills. Yeah. 
And quite often it's a panic moment. So it's a bailiff coming round. It's a county court judgment. It's a court date. And they'll suddenly panic and have to borrow money to pay it off. Whereas if they engaged with the person they owe money to legitimately, the housing association or the private landlord Mm. or the utility bill, they'd actually arrange a repayment plan interest free. But because this court date's appeared or because this bailiff's turned up, people panic and try and borrow the whole sum from somewhere else to pay it off. And I think that's a big lesson for us as well. It's about people engaging with that advice and engaging with people they owe money to so they don't end up in a position where they feel they have to borrow from the loan shark. Right. So your advice really is the title of the show really, isn't it? It's get talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Get talking to whoever it is who's demanding that money back and see, explain to them. You know, there's no point in hiding behind the curtains on this one now. Explain to them what the issues are, what your concerns are, what your fears are with this and talk to them about putting in a repayment plan that is sensible. Absolutely. Yeah. Most creditors would rather have £2 a week than nothing. And it costs them money to chase debt as well. So if you're showing that you're willing to pay, most of the time they will enter into an agreement with you. And organisations like Step Change can help you negotiate that as well. Okay, And certainly, I mean, a lot of those organisations don't want to be pushing you towards a loan shark, do they? No, absolutely. Yes, it's really, really sound advice, that is. So you've done some amazing work by the looks of it. And certainly, you know, your work around raising awareness, I would say, is really, really working out there. So well done there. But also your successes... And I know you. I know know when your colleagues have been on the mm. show in the past, they've talked about some of your great successes as well. So please tell us mm. about your some of your recent success. So we've we've secured um, a lot of prosecutions for illegal lending, nearly four hundred and eighty years worth of custodial sentences, and nearly four hundred prosecutions. Um, so that's a lot of people that have 480 been... years. years. <laughs> wow, <laughs> not for one person. Of course. <laughs> um, but I think. That's the big thing for us. And no matter what sentence the loan shark gets, it shows the community that they're not untouchable. It removes the power base. And because as well, we will go after their financial assets, we'll go after the proceeds of crime. So we've written off um, £75 million of illegal debt and we've taken significant amounts of proceeds of crime off people. That puts money back into the local community. That gives people financial stability. And again, it, it removes the loan shark's power base because if they haven't got money to lend to people when they come out of prison, they can't start again. Um, yeah. And again, it, you know, it, it shows the community that they're not untouchable and that there is justice here, that people are having their ill-gotten gains taken away from them and, and are, in a lot of cases, losing their liberty because of this crime. And the power base they had and the, the fear that there is in the community dissolves overnight when that happens. That's the biggest success for me. Um, alongside that there's individual stories you know we've worked with people who've been on the brink of suicide and then when we've helped when we've intervened when we've looked at their legitimate debts with them when we've looked at what else we can do to support them with other local agencies we've ended up with them in in employment and you know back back on the straight and narrow and and they'll tell us that we've changed their lives that we've saved their lives and I think that's the, the big power it's the individual stories as well as the big numbers that we can generate. And that's quite an awful thought, that is, isn't it? That somebody has been driven to mm. actually taking their own lives because of the stress and the anxiety that's been caused by yeah. a loan shark. And just a loan shark's greed. You know, that's what it is. Because quite often it's men, we find, who are more likely to be pushed to the yeah. to the brink of suicide. Um, and again, it's it's the, the 
key solution to that is talking about it. It's it's not being isolated. It's having the conversations. But I think sometimes with the male victims we've worked with, they feel like they've let people down, um, and and that's why they end up in this position. Um, but that's never the answer. It's, it can't yeah. be the answer. Uh, and there is help and support available out there. It's just being brave enough to put your head above the parapet and ask for it. Yeah. So if somebody, I mean, I know we've sort of touched on this already, but if somebody is thinking, I need help with this, what do they do? I think that the main thing is to engage with us, have a conversation with us, be it over the phone, over the internet. So we have victims who contact us via Facebook mm. and will just message us anonymously via Facebook. We've got a website as well and people can report anonymously through the website. But it's just about talking. It's about engaging. Mm. It's about having the conversations, finding out what your rights are, finding out what support's available and then make a choice as to what you want to do next. Okay. And you mentioned, obviously, this is illegal. So somebody has borrowed an awful lot of money from a loan shark. Um, do they have to pay it back? Nope, is the is the simple oh. answer. There is a slight um, disclaimer to that in that a court could say that they should have to, but it's never happened. So um, we say in all probability, you do not have to pay back a loan to a loan shark. Um, right. We've never had it where someone's had to pay back a loan to a loan shark. The debt is written off. Mm -hmm. at the point at which they are a loan shark, which is the point at which they are prosecuted. Um, So there are winners and losers. You can imagine if you've borrowed a lot of money and just paid it off and then the loan shark's arrested, you might be a bit annoyed. But if you borrowed two days before they're arrested, then, you you know, that's a different situation. Uh, But no, it's it's an illegal debt, which is why as well they can't take you to court to get their money back, which is why Mm. they resort to other means to make sure you carry on paying. To the violence... Mm. It, it doesn't tend to happen, actually. It tends to be more threats. It tends, yeah, it's more about getting in people's heads. We ha- don't get me wrong; we've had violence happen, but it's in two, three percent of cases. Mm. Um, the main thing for the loan shark is that people believe there could be violence, and that's enough right. um, to get people carrying on paying. So, one case in Manchester, I can remember a, a loan shark who was an ex-boxer, so he had a big, big lad. Who, you know, he had a physique on him, yeah. and. He turned up at um, a lady's house, having walked her two teenage daughters home from school. And he was absolutely nice as pie to them. He bought her the ice cream on the way home. He just said, oh, there's been a bit of trouble on the estate. Your mum's asked me to walk you home. But she's doing the washing up. She looks out the window and her two teenage girls are stood there with this huge bloke who claims that she still owes him money. She paid him for another four years without question. Because it's the implied threat. It's the what I could do if I chose to threat that, that gets people paying. He also he used to cut people's phone lines, so they had no way of calling for help. And he just sat outside the house. Gosh, so it really is like it's like an emotional bullying, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And as you've said, they get into their heads, yeah. so they're sort of thinking actually they could possibly do this. Yeah. yeah. Some of wow. it's very very subtle. It's mm. you know it's not often as explicit as a baseball bat or anything else. It's it's implied. So yeah. one lady who'd borrowed and she didn't want her husband to know that she'd borrowed, so the loan shark took off her wedding ring. So she had to then explain when she got home why there was no wedding ring on her finger. Mm. Um, and that was his control mechanism over her. We've had loan sharks who've threatened to tell employers that, you know, you're a bad mm. debtor. Um, and and that's why, you know, so you have to watch this one because she could be a thief because she owes me money. So you want to yeah. make sure she's not robbing off you. And just, you know, again, attacking people's reputation and, and what's yeah. dear to yeah. them. Uh, one who taught his dog to kill people's cats. Um, on command and that will get me to be honest I'm, I'm a massive cat lover I have, I have a cat who's my third baby and you know that that was his way of controlling people was to yeah. threaten pets it's you know it, sometimes it's subtle sometimes it's very very explicit but a lot of the time it's not followed through 
I always say bad things don't happen when people report loan sharks. Bad things yeah. happen when people don't report loan sharks. That's the time okay. that, that people should be in fear. Is That's when the loan shark has the power, is before yeah. they're reported. Once they're reported, that power vanishes very quickly. Right. So it's really, really important. If you've got a suspect, if you're sort of thinking, actually, this is wrong, it's happening and it should not be happening, then get in touch. Yeah. And as you say, you know, your lines are manned, it seems like, 24-7. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not recording either, nope. is it? It's a real person. Um, and what I would say as well is quite often people think they're the only person in this situation mm-hmm. and they're absolutely astounded when we tell them there's 80 others in the local area. Yeah. And it may just be that you don't want to give us your details yet, but you want to phone up, find out what we do and tell us that it's a particular area, it's Tisley that it's happening in. Mm. And we can then go to the advice agencies who work in Tisley. We can do leaflet drops in Tisley. And you never know, we might get someone else to speak to us. Mm. Um, so there are, even with very limited information, there are things we can do. Obviously, the more information people have, the easier our lives are and the easier our job is. But even with very limited information, just a suspicion, there are still things that we can do. Okay, but people have got to get in touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So they're not going to be openly advertising, are they? Very unlikely. Mm. We have had a, a couple who've advertised in local papers and things like that, been super cheeky. But by and large, they want to keep the evidence away from themselves. So it, it is word of mouth. And an awful lot nowadays happens online, whether it's Messenger or WhatsApp or, you yeah. know, it, it's messenger systems on, on mobile phones that get people in touch or it's workplace based or it's school based or it's community based. Mm. And it's a group of people with some sort of common okay. theme. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, Kath, we're coming into a very expensive time for a lot of families and not just for families who will be celebrating Christmas and end of year celebrations, but also families who, you know, at this time of the year, you're sort of thinking actually the sales are going to be starting Mm -hmm. soon. And, you know, they seem to start sooner and sooner, don't they? Earlier and earlier Mm -hmm. every year. And of course, over the last few years, we've had this thing called Black Friday. Yes. And today I was reading a report that said actually a lot of the shops aren't even waiting for Black Friday. Mm. That's when the shops drastically reduce their Mm. prices for a day. But they've actually started their Black Friday sales already. Incredible, isn't it? It is. is. And it seems to get earlier and earlier, like you say. So, you know... Um, straight after Halloween now, the Christmas mm. stuff appears and things like that. And yeah. and you can see the temptation. There are massive discounts out there. But I always remember my mum when I was a teenager and I got quite into clothes and I used to go to clothes sales. And she said to me, it's only a bargain if you would have paid full price for it. And it's so one of those true. things that's, that's stuck with me for years yeah. since. It's like, yeah, otherwise it's just a thing that's, that you've paid that much money for. If you wouldn't have paid full price, it's not a bargain. Mm. She's absolutely right. It's something my husband always says to me when I head out to the sales. Only a bargain if you really need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, much as I've dismissed some of my mother's advice over the years, I think that one has definitely stuck with me and stood the test of time. Right. So do you find actually Black Friday is the time where you're going to see a sharp increase in your work? We've never we've never seen that with Black Friday. We've seen it with Christmas. So really? we had a statistic a few years ago that one in five of the people that engaged with us had borrowed for Christmas. So and mm. the problem is they won't realise what's happened until February, March, because, you know, yeah. they'll be paying off the loan uh, until then. Yeah. Um, so it definitely does happen. And we know there's the pressure on families and even simple things as well, like it gets colder, so people need to put the heating on. Yeah, You know, there's all sorts of pressures this time of year for finances. Cars are more likely to break down in the winter, it seems yeah. to me anyway. Um, so there definitely is a financial pressure. Yeah. Uh, we tend to see spikes in calls kind of um, late spring and, and, and early autumn for that reason, I think, as well. 
Yeah, and of course, as soon as um, Christmas is done, January sees all the bills coming through, it and does. that's obviously when families start panicking a bit yeah. and thinking, actually, I've spent it all in Christmas and on the sales. Yeah. So, really, a plea out there for families to be a little bit sensible, really, Absolutely. and no harm in spending, but just plan it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I think as well, you know, one of the big messages from from the government and from ourselves is that people need savings. You need a little bit of financial resilience. So, if the washing machine did break down, you've got capacity to, to deal with it um, yeah. and I think if you haven't got the, that financial resilience then that's the thing to look at before looking at sales shopping or anything else yeah and of course having that conversation at home as as a family as yeah. well you know um, and having that conversation about well what happens if you know we do need it what happens if the machine goes what yeah. happens if the car needs a sudden repair on it how are we going to manage it and have that conversation as a family absolutely yeah. absolutely it shouldn't all get fall on mum and dad it's not mm. fair yeah get the little ones involved in yeah. it and then at least that way you know and raise awareness of the loan shark as well because you know you've mentioned there they could be standing at the school gates they could. Mm. One of the things we've got on our YouTube channel is a cartoon, um, which is a penguin who borrows from a shark. And then the shark turns nasty because the penguin can't catch enough fish to feed him. Mm. And then um, a trading standards polar bear appears over the horizon and <laughs> arrests the shark. And the penguins all join together and form a credit union. And it's done in a way that's aimed at, at young children. It's sort of pingooey a bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't want to go in and terrify y- youngsters. Um, that's not our desire at all. But it does help with the needs and wants conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that money isn't um, never ending. There is a limited supply available. Yeah. And there are things that we have to have because we need them before we look at what we want. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, once we've got to January, of course, all the um, adverts will start for the holidays as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so huge pressures on families at the moment. You don't get a break, I don't think. There isn't a time when there isn't something. Yeah, completely right there. What's the one message that you want to leave behind with families? I think the big thing for us is that people know that loan sharks are illegal and that we won't tolerate them. So loan sharks are bad and there is help and support available. Please access it. Okay, And... I want you to repeat that number again, please. No problem. It's 0300 555 The website, as well I mentioned, is www.stoploansharks.co.uk and you can report via that as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kath, for sharing so much information with us. It's been really, really insightful. And I think certainly for families out there, lots and lots of advice, lots of um, help that you can access there as well. So I would urge you all to just look out. And if you've got friends and family who are caught up in that, then we've got ways of stopping these loan sharks. So let's help Kath to help her and her colleagues to do this work and see how we can eradicate this awful Thing that's happening really in societies. So, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Kath, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. It's been really insightful. Thank you. Do join me again. Have yourselves a great week. Um, we've got another show on again, so please do tune in and use the time, as I've said to you previously, use the time this week to get talking with families. Talk money week. So let's find lots and lots of conversations to be had with families. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show and we'll catch up soon, inshallah, on Get Families Talking with Hofsha. Thank you for listening to the Get Families Talking podcast. Please make sure you do subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. We value your opinions, so please feel free to contact us with your feedback or any other inquiries. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Get Families Talking podcast.